Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, welcome to New York Talk, which is the Rotherham United podcast, and we have a signing to talk about, we signed somebody, it's the most exciting time in the season, the first signings through the door, the new kit's been released, it's all fun and games, so we're going to cover all that, as well as any rumours that pop up, and the latest Tom Smith's contract, which is not not a thing. Um, first of all, let's introduce who we have, we have Mick with us, Michael Hill. Oh, hello. Hiya. Benjamin's with us. Benjamin. Hello. Nice to have you and your hair with us. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Danny's with us. How are you doing, Danny? I'm all right, thank you. Jordan Concana wants to know if you've slept yet, Danny. Uh, I have. Thank you, Jordan. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, And Nathan is joining us. Uh, Nathan, you're a Charlton fan, and we're going to talk to you about Connor Washington today, because we want to know all about him. So thank thank you for joining us, first of all. No worries. Thanks for having me. Um, so let's jump straight in. Connor Washington signed a two-year deal for us on Friday, having uh, left Charlton. Was he offered a new deal and turned it down? Um, well, there's rumblings that, that it, he wasn't offered a contract at all, but I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of what actually happened. Um, but from you know Connor speaking to the press before the end of the season, he was happy there and... Um, yeah, nothing's come about, and it just hit on when they released the retained list, he wasn't on it. So, which was, I think, was a big surprise, uh, mm. considering the, the relationship he's sort of striking up with Jaden Stockley. But, um, yeah, I think it was a little bit of a shock. Um, but yeah, in terms of whether he was offered one or if he wanted more money, it will all be uh, hearsay. So, I wouldn't want mm. to comment on it, but yeah, got it to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so, I, when when anybody signs a striker, the first thing you do is look at his goal scoring record. That's just what you do. And it's, to be fair, it's not a terrible goal scoring record. Last season, eleven goals in thirty eight games. It's not blistering, mm. but from that side again, that's, that's that's a decent enough return for a striker. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think a lot of, as you say, naturally, all of us fans, you know, when you sign a striker, you're going, you know, are you going to sign the next? 
I don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo, but obviously we're not because we're in the League One and, well, you guys are in the Championship, so they're at that level for a reason. But I think with Connor, I think the the only thing I'll say with him last year is when Nigel Atkins was here, he played him on the left. Um, so a good of those 38 played, good 10, 12, 13, 14 games he played on the left, which, right. I mean, he can play there, but and he can do a job, but he's not. that's not what he's about. It's not what his attributes are. Um and when obviously when Jackson came in uh, in charge and he played him down the middle with Jaden, similar traits to Michael Smith, um, that's when you get the best of him. Um, so yeah, good record. Yeah, he missed a little bit of the season through the crucial bit really when we were playing all the bigger teams, um, and he was injured. So I, I like him. I think he's a good, good, good play. But I think he's played at the championship level before. Um, but yeah, I don't think he. He's going to be that 20 goal a season that everyone's wanting, but I think he's definitely a good squad player for Championship League One. Hmm. What are his strengths then? Is he, is he has he got any pace? Is he, is he big and strong? Is he just a workhorse? What, 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 what where, where can we, where, what we will see at the best of him? Yeah, so I think he's not the type of sort of player that you play, um, sort of one up, up top on his own. He's not hmm. really going to hold the ball up, he's not going to bring others into play. Um, the type of player is he's a willing runner. He can trigger presses if that's the way you guys are going to play. He works very well. Mm. Um, and there was a couple of goals last season. If your keeper's on the on the game and plays the long ball over, I think one was against Burton, and I can't remember who the other one, Morecambe, I think. Um, he's got that ability to get in behind. And mm. and he's one of those players, if you're a centre-half, you don't want him sort of chasing you down every five seconds and... You're always worried where he's going to go. He doesn't really stay static. He always likes to those intelligent... I call him an intelligent forward, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he just gives a lot of teams of different dimensions, um, especially if you're doing a pressing game or if you're going to... Especially if you're playing up top with Michael Smith, whether that's starting or coming off. I think it's a, dev- a, a good shrewd signing for you guys. Mm. It, well, from what Nathan's saying, Mick, that ticks... A lot of the boxes, other than obviously the goal scoring, it doesn't score 25 a season, which we want, but we can't have. Everything else is what ticks everything, doesn't it? It does, and it's an, perhaps an indication that one is fully intending to continue to play the way that we played this season in that with that high press, high energy game. Um, we know as well as anybody else, and who watched us last time out in Championship, that worked. That worked mm. a lot of the time. Our issues weren't. We're purely and simply not taking the chances that were created. Um, this lad sounds to me like he's not going to be that man that takes those chances. However, you know, if he's if he's going to be up there in that press, that's 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 a, a proper bonus for us. It sounds to me, from what people have said, it like a typical Paul Wall, a Paul Warren player. You know, um, high energy, high press, will run till. You know, for ninety-six minutes a game, that—that's. That, it sounds like a shrewd signing to me, but I don't know. Not seeing the guy play, so you know, time will tell, won't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's also one of those that if, if you're in Championship, you uh, and you're thinking Rotherham are coming up, you think, oh, they signed Connor Washington. I'm not worried about that. But I just I, again, it's it's right for the team. If if he went into a different team, it might not work. But if we if you if we are going to play a high energy, high press. Game Nathan like we last time, he's going to fit in perfectly, isn't he? Yeah, he is, and like I say, he's an intelligent footballer. He plays for his country in Northern Ireland, so um, mm. I, I don't feel obviously I don't think Northern Ireland are blessed with centre forwards, to be honest. But 
Um, he's obviously at a level that he's experienced. He's, and that's what I mean. He's intelligent. He knows when to run. He knows when to press. Um, he'll still pop up with a few goals. Um, and yeah, he's just a general work, workhorse, really. Um, and I think if that's the way you play, then I can understand <coughs> Paul Warren has obviously brought him in to complement your squad that you're going to go into a, a difficult championship season and you're going to need some squad. Um, mm. You can't obviously just rely on one or two forwards. Um, but yeah, no, a, a good signing for you guys. And I think, you know, given chances, you know, he will put them away. But yeah, I don't think he's going to be the clinical sort of 20 goal a season striker. And But I think definitely tactically, he'll, he'll be really, really good for you guys. Mm. Sounds like it. Danny, Mick, Ben, anything else you address Nathan before we let him go? Because he's given us a lot of information. We appreciate that. Boys, anything else you address Nathan? Right. Charlton or Connor, mainly Connor, but you know. <laughs> Just on, on Charlton, Nathan, what's the financial situation down there behind the scenes? I know you've had a lot of problems. We we kind of just broached it before we came, uh, we went live. I know you had a lot of issues with um, a bit of a clown of a chairman. Are mm. things up or are you out at frying pans at fire? Well, it's, I don't know. It just seems every season at the moment we're just we're trying to rebuild. So obviously we end, ended the season quite disappointingly at Ipswich, um, and you know we had the Player of the Year interview, Johnny Jackson, and everyone was looking forward to it. And then he was sacked two days later. So <laughs> there's been rumours uh, that obviously Ben Garner's due to come in from Swindon. Um, that was announced sort of last week by a local journalist who's a really reliable one. So I don't think he'd come out and say it if he didn't think it was going to happen. But for whatever reason, that's not happened. Um, so, yeah, but at the moment, we've not got a manager. We've not got really any players. Um, Connor's left, obviously, on a free and a lot of other players. So, I mean, financially, I mean, obviously, it's, it's anything in football, really, it's an expensive hobby, if you if you were. So, <laughs> but um, I think, you know, the, the, I think... Our new owner, Tom Sandgaard, who's Danish, um, you know, there's, if you could try, if I compare him to Roland de Châtelet, who's the Belgian uh, one uh, that we had before him, I think he's a little, you know, he's a bit more enthusiastic. I think his heart's in the right place. I just think he can be a bit stubborn sometimes and probably should need some help Um, Mm. because we've got a big job and you've got some big clubs down in that league one now, you know, Derby are in it now. (laughs) Obviously, you guys are specialists of coming down and coming going back straight up, uh, straight back up. But then you look at Sunderland, and you know, it took them ages to get out, and you know I'm glad for them. But so yeah, it's just another rebuilding session, to be honest, Mick. So I don't really know. I mean, everyone's you know, all my friends are all Tottenham and whatnot, so they're just all saying what's <laughs> happening. I'm like, I wish I could tell you, mate, to be honest. But <laughs> we're just going to have to roll with it, and then I don't know. Hopefully, we can escape from this league eventually, and. Uh, but in the meanwhile, I've got some good away days up at Morecambe and Plymouth and everything, so I can look forward to those. Yeah, Forest Green mm-hmm. next year. <laughs> well, Forest Green is in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I don't even sorry, know. Yeah. Train. <laughs> because it's, it's all green, we probably have to get a horse and cart there or something. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah we'll see. Yeah. Um, Brill, thanks for that, Nathan. Really appreciate it. Um, it was a lot of good information there at Connor Washington. Go, good luck. For next season. Yeah, good luck to um, you boys next season. Hopefully you stay up this time. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> Cheers, Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. So, thank you to Nathan for doing that. Mm. Ben, again, that's it me. Yeah. It ticks a lot, but well, two things. First of all, you've got a mute button for when you cough. 
Me? Yeah, he coughed twice over that over Nathan. Um, Did that? Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't remember that. I'm gonna stop griefing you now and ask you a serious question. Let me see this question. Um, <coughs> thoughts on Washington? Obviously, we don't, we don't, we that's why we've got Nathan on because we we can look at his goals, we can't see anything else. And what Nathan says, he fits in, he fits into everything we want, whether he is going to start, or whether he is going to come on, he, he fits into what we're trying to build, it seems. Yeah, well, hopefully, he's not, you know, hopefully, he's not like a, some striker that we've had over the past few years that have come in. Um, hopefully, it's quite oh, different to that. But uh, yeah, no, no, obviously, obviously, I don't know the kid. I've looked on it. Obviously, he's looked on his Wikipedia, and that he's got. I think he's got forty plus caps for Northern Ireland. If I'm not mistaken, I think yeah, I think it's forty five. Thirty five. Thirty five. That's it. Thirty five. Um, so I mean, you don't play for your country thirty five times. If you're not good, which country is? Yeah, I suppose. Northern Ireland aren't terrible though. To be, they're, they're no, not, yeah. not, not San Marino. No, they're not yeah, San Marino. Yeah. Not San Marino. Are they? But yeah, no. If he's if Warnie has recruited him, uh, then I must be that man for the job because Dumbo mm. yeah. is recruiting in the past bar one player. I think. If you want to watch Conor Washington in action, he is playing. Well, he was in the Northern Ireland squad, and Northern Ireland are playing th- Thursday night. Uh, at home to Greece, which I think is now on Premier Sport, actually. So if you haven't got Premier Sport, good luck. Um, but they've, they've changed it all over, to be honest with this. But I think I think they've got three or four games, much like everybody else. So we'll see much. We'll see a lot of Conor Washington. I, I suspect over the next week or two in the in the green shirt. I don't know why, Danny, but I like people at Perth Northern Ireland because the, the the Northern Ireland football team are a team uh, that are greater than some of their parts. You know, I mean, they're not sort of Wales where they can. They've got some amazing players, but they don't always reach that potential. And on England, obviously, on now Northern Ireland always overachieve, and to get those in, that's what we're trying to do in it, and that sort of fits again something else that fits into the Rotherham ethos. Yeah, like I say about <clears throat> Northern Ireland, they're always a team that seems to do well against the quote unquote bigger countries. Mm. Like it's not too long since that they drew to all with Germany. Um, was that in the World Cup or the Euros? I can't, I can't quite remember. It might be the World Cup. But they drew to all with Germany and, and it took everyone by surprise. Same with um, the Nations League. They seem to, they tend to do very well in that. And we've now got three players who are internationals for Northern Ireland. All right, Kieran McGuckin's a youth international, but still counts. Um, and by the sounds of it, one of the things that sold Connor Washington with Rotherham was his chat with Shane Ferguson. Very unfortunate that he's not heading out with Northern Ireland. That injury must be still a bit niggly for him, but... If you've got someone who's your international teammate singing the praises of the football club, you're gonna take him up on it, and you know, and link up with him and join and join Rotherham. And he said that he thinks that Rotherham's system will suit how he plays. So he's obviously done his research on us, which is, in my opinion, great to hear that a player's like, oh, Rotherham are interested. Let's look him up. And he's done his research and he's really, really thought about it. It's not something that his agents brought to him and gone, yeah, Rotherham wants Rotherham wants to sign you for this amount for this amount per week at this at this wage or whatever and he has not really looked it up he's just gone for like the next paycheck sort of thing he's really looked it up and thought about it and gone yeah I'm I'm happy to go there um, but I have just looked up his, uh, his championship records it's mainly with QPR um, which is a fair bit a fair bit ago now but he got uh, 13 goals for QPR in his four seasons there well three and a half 
And um, oh, that's an okay record for a striker of his uh, his game. You know, like Nathan said, he's more of your workhorse, pressing sort of football, and maybe not your goal scorer type. But if he works hard, that's what we want to see at Rotherham, a player who works hard and, and puts his all in. And if we do keep Smith, it was a fine backup for Smith because we saw this season Smith can't do it for the full 46 games, can he? If we've got that, that second option to just switch up a little bit, more for it, personally. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's about. You know, I, I really am interested because I'm not really that bothered about his stats on the paper, you know, which I think some fans do obsess a little bit about. You know, they've looked at his goal-storing record and they're like, oh, it's not particularly good. It doesn't matter. It's about what he does on the football pitch that can provide it for other people. And I think that is Washington's game is like more of the uh, the assister rather than the goal scorer, if that makes sense. That sort mm. of centre-forward. Yeah. Um, any interest in Russell Vernon says all Northern Ireland games are on the Premier Sports 1 and they've got a very uh, Mediterranean feel to their games they've got Greece Cyprus Kosovo and Cyprus again um, so yeah enjoy that Northern Ireland fans enjoy, enjoy your trip uh, over that part, part of the world Mick Joanne Simpson wants to know do you think he is signing means Smith is going or do you think he's a replacement for Smith or do you think we'd assign him anyway I don't. From what I've heard, from what I've seen of him, he's certainly a Michael Smith type player, is he? Um, I think if anybody's worried about people not signing as a result of this particular this particular signing, I think Will Grigg is the is more a similar type of player than uh, than Smithy. Um, so he sounds to me like he's better off playing like a number ten role rather mm. than an out and out striker. From from the information I've had, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? You know. It, the, the, what, the, the one thing I would say is, and I know that goals were a problem last time we were in the Championship, I accept that, and, and that's something that I'm sure they'll be looking to address through either through signings or through keeping the, keeping the players that we've got. Um, but you look at the signings that this recruitment team have come up with, and with the exception of none of them, really, I can't think of a bad one. I mean, I know some haven't gone the way that Freddie, we Freddie did a job. Say again? Ben says Freddie, but Freddie did a job. Freddie did a job. He's got us some goals. You know, we were in double figures every season. He scored some important goals. So, yeah, all right. From a from a, uh, a personality point of view within the dressing room, it didn't end particularly well. However, you know, other than that, I can't think of a player that we've... That this this particular recruitment team have, have brought in and we've shipped out straight away because they were no use. Somebody I'm sure will correct me, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. So they'll have done the background, they'll have done the homework. Um, they clearly feel it is the right man for the job that they want him to do. So I'm happy with that, and we'll we'll wait and see what the season brings. Mm. Yeah, I agree. First of many, unless it would took eight or nine signings, so it's the first of uh, eight or nine. Potentially coming in. Um, let's just very quickly just address the Chio rumour, Danny. The rumour is that Swansea are interested. Uh, I don't think we need to talk about the, the meltdown from Twitter, which was caused by the Irish Sun um, misquoting uh, Chio Benny. Um, you see a lot of Swansea fans and Swansea analytics people suggesting that, oh, is it last year's contract? I'll oh, get him for 750k. And I just think, what planet are you on? <laughs> last year's contract, we got two million quid. Send me a giant. Last year's contract, we got one point five million plus add-ons. 
Yeah, 750. I just don't get it, Danny. I mean, from a journalist's point of view, it's not a good look for anyone who wants to be an aspiring journalist. I think this is the thing where you look at it and go, yeah, don't do that. Because they they specifically asked Chio a question about Swansea and then took his quote about that and just ran with it as their headline and saying, oh, Chio, Ben wants to sign for, for Swansea and he says they're a massive club and a big step up to play for. Yeah, they are. Swansea's a much bigger club than Rotherham is. You know, they've, they've got a big, they've got a bigger ground. They've got more, well, slightly more money than we have, and they compete just up the higher end of the same league as us now. But to ask him that specific question and then just roll with an article about it, it's like, oh, it's click, clickbait at its finest, in my opinion. They've completely missed the bit in the article where it talked about Chelsea's happy at Rotherham and he's willing to commit to his to his extended year, his contract, and. Is wanting to give up the championship another go with us. Glossed over that. Oh no, we'll just run with the Swansea story. Why not? <laughs> um, but I do think Chio will honour his year extension with us as a bare minimum, unless we get a really, really silly offer come in. And not not like your, your uh, one and a half, two million sort of offer. It'd be more of a, a payoff for potentially causing relegation sort of payoff. You know how we sort of wanted about six million for Smith at the start of last season. Yeah. I'd I'd say similar sort of energy with with Chio. Um, there is still a chance he could sign a new deal. One says it might be a little bit unlikely, but depends on how well this year goes with him. I think and what other players, what other teams, sorry, might be offering him at the end of this year. But. Uh, <laughs> I read the article and I was just laughing the whole way through it. It's like you have no clue. You've just picked up that that quote that you've caused and just run with it, which is so funny to see. And 750k for Chio, get in the bin, never. <laughs> John Morell says, Josh Market's difference in COVID landscape, known as the huge chunks of cash every is having to adjust their values. That's fine, but we don't need to sell him. So if we mm. if we are going to sell him, we have to get what he is worth to us, which is at least he's worth to us at least three million quid. He's at least half towards staying up in the championship. Whether whether they want to pay that or not, whether anybody will pay that or not, is obviously a different thing because clubs have their way of valuing players. But that's what he's worth to us. So either pay it or get lost. Um, ben Jaron uh, Simpson says, let him go for his worth and strengthen our squad. So if somebody comes in with three four million quid. I think that's that'd be a good deal for everybody. Let Chio go, have a, have a pop at a, a, a chance at the playoff area, and then we've got four million quid, three million quid to spend on strengthening elsewhere. But that's all lifts and boats. Yeah, but that, you know that's the kind of model that mm. I, I think that we're aiming for. You know, I don't know what we signed him for, but we're peeing up, weren't it? I think wait, 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 was it actually nothing, or were it just? I don't know. Number? I think it was. I think it was. I don't know, but. <laughs> Still nearly three million quid profit if someone comes in with that. So, yeah, I, I'd take it. Obviously, that put our second best player, one of our best players. But, I mean, you can sign two or three people who are going to come in and be our best players in three or four years. And you can sign them for 100k each and mm. pocket 2.7 for a rainy day. Or, and, you know what I mean? I, I think it's a good model. I think if he goes, it's not end up world. Um. Yeah, I think two, three million quid for a recruitment team like ours is not nice. Imagine what many people. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So, um, John Morell says, and this, and then, but then this is a good counter argument. He says, then we will lose him on a free agent next summer. It's a difficult question that people have had have to make. But Mick, 
to say to that, that's exactly what we did with Michael Smith. Michael yeah. Smith was both promotion to us, and we yeah. took a huge risk that it may go on a free, and he probably will go on a free. But we took the risk because we knew what it was worth to us, and it worked. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's begged us whatever promotion money is, six, seven million quid for uh, for getting getting promoted. So, yeah, it was a gamble worth taking. And and for me, you know, if somebody wants to, you know, then, then that, that would be great for us as a club, as long as they pay his worth. And if they don't, he'll go for a free in summer, assuming assuming that we're not in a better position then and, and can't offer him a better deal, you know? Very true. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but you're absolutely right. For me, if somebody's going to come in with the money, absolutely. Like Ben's just said there, that's the model we're we're aiming to aiming to achieve, um, of, of bringing players in for nothing and selling them for better for, for decent money. So you know, take it. If not, stays and they can go for free in the summer, or we might be able to get him a better get him on a better deal, dependent on what happens. Mm. It's going to be yeah. worth that well because you start selling off your best players for for for, for less than they're worth, and you end up getting relegated. It's cost you five or six million. Mm. Why would you do that? Yeah. I think we know the cost of relegation in the championship more than most clubs as well. So we know how much money <clears throat> we, we, we'll we lose if we get relegated. But then we know that if we sell Chio for just over that, then we'll be comfy with, with mm. going back down again if that happens. But if we keep Chio and stay up, then we've saved X amount by not getting relegated. Yeah. And then Chio will move on to better things anyway. But if someone comes in with that amount of money, uh, just as an upfront thing, and say, right, we'll give you this amount for Chio, and it's a um, a profit, if you like, on getting relegated, then we'll go, yeah, we're happy with that because we won't then lose that if, without um, with, with Chio just going on a free. If I'm, that makes sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, so moving on, because that was nothing. Um, See Lewis Age. Hello, guys. Smith not not signing, waiting too long. Um, how I, have, I, have, I, I have a response to that. So, sorry, Theo. Um, yeah, the reason why Smith's taken a bit too long with contracts is because he's been on holiday, and uh, I don't think he'd want to be signing a, a, a paper sat by a pool in wherever he's gone. And I think yeah. he came back on Friday, so obviously Saturday, Saturday something might have happened. Sunday there's not going to be anything else on a Sunday because everyone's. At home with the fetal, so we might hear something tomorrow or Tuesday, but we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Smith's been on holiday, and that's why it's uh, took this week, if you like. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Powerman UK says, Mick, I'm only here to tune in to talk about today's championship. Referee. <laughs> we will come on to that. We're doing that related to a championship team now. Um, so that is, <laughs> oh, we will definitely talk about that. Definitely talk about that. Um, just a quick answer to a question in the comments. Chris Taylor says, we kick off 30th of July. When does the transfer window close? It closes on a normal time on the 1st of September. So there's still an extra month. Um, so, and also we have Neil Liversidge. says he loved the podcast. It was a great interview. That was the one with Neil Richardson. Great fun. Neil, Neil's, Neil's brilliant. Told some great stories. We have another one coming up. I don't know whether it be this week or the week after we spoke to Chris Sedgwick. Um, about those Ronnie Moore years. And again, it's a long one, probably 90 minutes again. Um, so good. Amazing to speak to somebody from that era of that football club. First, from my point of view, that, that, that were a great team. Um, they were a great one, I mean. Yeah, uh, absolutely brilliant. 
Absolutely, Brill. Some uh, some interesting interesting discussion on his move to uh, to Preston as well, which uh, surprised me. I'll be honest. So uh, yeah, very good, very very good. Yeah, there's some connectivity issues in that podcast. It may take some time to edit. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, there were. Weren't there? Yeah, there were some problems. They weren't um, Danny either. It weren't no. Danny's fault this time. Unbelievable. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the kit that we've released, the home kit, the 10-year anniversary of moving to New York Stadium, Benjamin. Um, it's a lovely kit. It's a very, very lovely kit, Ben. Do you think so? Yeah. I think uh, it's got black on it, which is um, not like of them. I still think it's nice, though. Uh, that's an away kit, isn't it? This is a hook. This no, is the game is the 2000. One home kit with the white strap right down the well, middle. I weren't born then. So. Black troop. That's why I'm showing you. I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's nice. <clears throat> I think it's nice. Um, I think the away kit's going to be, if it's the same type of design, uh, depending on the colour, I think the away kit will be nicer. Um, but yeah, I think it's a nice kit, man. I think it's a nice kit. I th- think it's going to be one of those kits, Danny, that we won't necessarily get the full effect until we see it in person because obviously the designs have got pictures of New York Stadium in it and I've not seen a single picture yet that gives you the actual view of what it looks like and you know, the actual designs on it. Because of how they are, it's, it's very difficult to see on a picture. But mm. that, that can't make it worse, if that makes sense. No, I mean, it, it gives me the same vibes as the um, one from the last championship season. We had the uh, the cross mm. uh, diamonds on it, and the picture didn't really do it the justice it deserved, because when you really got a good look at it, and it said the Millers on the lines, it was like it added that little bit more to it. Mm. Um, but for me personally, I, I really like the black trim on it. It gives me the same vibes as the 93-94 uh, home shirt which unfortunately I don't have, so if anyone's got it and they want to sell it, just DM me on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I, I really like it. It's, um, it's a lot more of a professional sort of um, sort of kit. A um, little bit of inspiration from the Man City designs, but the important thing is our 10-year anniversary shirt actually makes sense because we've come back to a, we came back to a stadium, 10-year anniversary. There's the 10-year anniversary of a goal that they scored. Well done. Um, but yeah, I really like it. I, I really do like it. Um but I'm now very interested to see what the away in third kits look like. I've heard rumours it could be yellow, it could be green, it could be both. We'll have to wait and see. Mick, Mick wants yellow. I want yellow. I want yellow and blue. You know, if we're, if we're going down that retro anniversary type um, type uh, route, I want some yellow and sky blue. That's what I want, definitely. I'm not a big fan of the, of the black, much like, uh, like Ben. Split opinion, isn't it? It has, yeah, like, yeah. Other than that, I think it's great, and I, I like the little touch of the uh, Steve Evans you're a fat cheeseburger uh, <laughs> in there as well. I love that. <laughs> yeah, Cheryl Stone says the refresher kit. Do you want yeah. like the refresher kit? Did you like that? I, I, I hated did, yeah. that. I hated it. I, listen, I'm not talking about lots of it. Right. I'm talking about similar to what's behind my shoulder there. That sort of uh, that sort of combo. Like the eighties, um, yeah, yeah, eighties yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we don't want too much blue on there. We don't want to get him mistaken for uh, for anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Jalen Simpson also hoping that the keepers' kits are nice as well. Yeah, the keepers' kits will be lovely from the current season. Um, so hopefully, I don't know. I don't know when they'll they'll announce some of them. Announce when they're on sale yet? Do they the kit that they've they've announced? Um, so keep a close eye on that one. Um, do you want to talk about the playoff championship players before we talk about some? Well, I don't know what else we've got to talk about. Do I but <laughs> over that? Um, so. Uh, oh, the championship playoff final. Uh, the richest game in football, 100 and something million pounds on the line. They brought VAR in to make sure it went to plan, make sure there was no howlers. And lo and behold, there were some howlers. Um, Nottingham Forest won, and fair play to Nottingham Forest. I look former Miller Lewis Graben, although he's not, you know, not the uh, most popular figure. Well done to him. Um, Mick, let's start with you. Um, the first incident was the Harry Toffolo foul that wasn't given. He was booked uh, for diving, even though he was tripped over. Um, I understand why John Moss, the referee, gave it as he did. Completely understand that. It went over theatrically, or it looked like it went over theatrically. But for that not to get overturned and the penalty given by VAR is the second most baffling decision of the game. There's two parts to it, isn't there? There's two parts to this. Because first of all, as you rightly point out, you've got uh, Harry Toffol over, who spends uh, his life rolling about on floor, screaming in agony every time anybody goes near him. So I suppose in that in that respect, he got what he deserved. Because he'll have done it all season, as we know, we've seen him many, many times. Uh, so he probably got what he deserved. Um, and John Moss, yeah, if he thinks it's a dive, that's fine, not a problem. Give me a yellow card. Happy days. Well done, you know, on that in that respect. If you think it's a dive, blow up, yellow card him. Happy days. No issue with that whatsoever. But then, when you look at it on VAR, it clearly is a penalty. There's no question about it. There's no ifs or buts about it. But you look at, and I don't know whether this is right, and some, maybe somebody can correct us. Do we do when they, when they put this up on the screen that VAR are checking it? Are mm. those the replays that VAR yes. are checking at the yeah. time? So they check one where it's clearly a penalty, then another where it's clearly a penalty, then another where it's a clearly a penalty, then another where you can't see because it's fifteen miles away, and then they spend four five five attempts checking another angle where you can't tell whether it's a penalty or not. Essentially, looking to see if they can justify backing up the referee's decision as opposed to giving the right decision. It honestly, mate, it's a shambles. It's, well, it's, Mick, you, Mick, you told me a reason that you told me well, that. I mean, I mean you, you put your tin foil hat on, don't you? It's John Moss's last game. Do we want to be seen to turn it to turn over a decision made by a long-standing Premier League referee in his last game? Is that what's going through the heads? Because the issue's been with VAR all the way along the line. They clearly do not want to turn or overturn any decisions made by referees because it's all about PR, isn't it? It's all about our referees are making the right decisions. And yet, it's like, it's like I don't know, the people who, who, who run VAR, do they think that none of us can see what they're doing? Because <laughs> that's, yeah, that, I mean, yeah. surely that's the case. Because everybody, everybody can see that he has been clipped. 
There's no question about it. It's not a, it's not a question of a, a matter of opinion. It's a matter of fact. And and the fact that they 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 view the angle that you can't see it from four or five times more than they view the angles that you can goes to show that they are looking for a reason not to overturn it and mm. not and have no consideration or thought for the actual facts of the matter. It's bizarre. Yeah. I tell you what it is. Well, it's what? corrupt. It's corrupt. It can't be anything else. Because it's there in front of your eyes. We can all see it. And yet, we don't give it. What 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 other explanation can there be? Incompetence. No, man. No. I disagree with that. I don't it can't be incompetence. If it was only once, if it only happened once, it could be incompetence. Twice at the same game. I mean twice in the same game. How many times this weekend? Who knows? Well, Liverpool, 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 they just allow goal for Real Madrid. Exactly. So it's it's it's, it's not incompetence. Okay. It's not incompetence. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, in, it's, it's, in yeah, in your view, um, I'm sure the FL lawyers will be in touch. Um, <laughs> sure will, yeah. uh, it, the thing is, Danny, it was really so these these playoff games were really really important from a EFL and a VAR point of view because it's the first time that uh, VAR has been used in, in the EFL. So for me, it was really important to get it right. Because this is what we can do going forward. You know, they want to bring it, try and bring VAR in the championship. They want to bring VAR in League One, two, League Two eventually. It was really important to show to EFL fans who don't necessarily watch the Premier League that this can work because VAR can work when it's used properly. VAR is a, is a force for good, and all they've done is shown us that either mix right there is corruption or that the people in charge are not fit to use this this technology and this equipment because. <clears throat> It was just a complete mess. I mean, they use they use VAR on the continent, and they actually use it a lot more effectively than we do in England. So I think it's partially due to how the English officials apply it and use it. Um, I mean, just take take a leaf out of the Bundesliga's book, for example. I think they they were one of the first footballing footballing leagues to use VAR. So they know how to use it effectively and efficiently. Whereas in this country, we had a year of using it and it was so farcical, it became a meme overnight. Mm. Um, and it's not got much better now. And personally, I do think that using it in the playoff finals is a little bit of a cheeky pilot, see how it can be used in um, in the AFL. It hasn't gone very well, really, has it? Especially today with those two decisions. I mean... I think the Forest keeper would have saved the penalties anyway, but it's the fact that they just waved away the penalties, checked the angles that were wrong. I agree, Mick, and then just got on with the game. And it's like, say with the uh, the Liverpool game, when you really delve deep into the book, you know why the goal hasn't been given. But you know, it should be like if there's a clear and obvious error, you know that that that's why VAR is in place a clear and obvious error. If the referee's not given the penalty and he knows the game, fair enough. You know what I mean? And, and, they've, and they've checked it and got on with it. But with this one, the clear and obvious error is that it should be a penalty and it's not being given. So it's like, who's been pressing the button that said, no, it's not a penalty? You know, someone got a little envelope under the table saying, just say it's not a penalty and we'll get on with it. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's a strange thing, VAR. I've never agreed with it personally because 
the technology is available, yeah, but it's about the application of the technology, which is what makes it efficient. And in England, we don't use it efficiently. So if you can't use it efficiently, you don't use it. Mm. I, I've said it many, many times. And I, I, the, the, the issue is you give somebody discretion <clears throat> and straight away you're going to get different answers, you know. And, and that's so we've got VAR. We can see whether it's a foul. We can see whether it's a goal kick or should be a corner in an instant, right? But we've brought in this. It needs to be a clear and obvious error, right? <laughs> right. So Mute yourself, Ben. You are. Sorry. But, but the point is, you've then got to define what, it, what does clear mean. Then you've got to define what obvious means because mm. straight away... Uh, if you're making that decision, you've got to think, well, is it clear? What does clear mean? What do they mean by clear? What does obvious mean? I mean, I know it's obvious, but it's obvious to me. It's a, but is it a clear and obvious error? And you, you make, you're having to make all these decisions. When in actual fact, the only simple, single, single decision you need to make is, did he trip him? Yes, he did. Ah, uh, but did referee, was it a clear error? Was it an obvious? And this is what we do. This is what we do with with these 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 rules in football. You're asking people, you're asking officials to make instant decisions on incidents that they've got to think through in their in the head. They've got to work it out. They've got to work out what's happened. We've got to work out whether this part of the rule applies, that part of the rule applies, another part, and so on and so forth. And you're asking them to make these decisions in an instant. It can't be done. And you're, you're blurring the lines all the time when they, with these alterations of rules, the handball rule, is it in his body, is it out of his body? You know what I mean? You're blurring the lines all the time and all it's all the only net result of that is it's getting officials more and more abuse. That's what happens as a result because they're, they're, they're not able to make... No human being is able to make those sorts of decisions in those sorts of environments under that pressure. It's just not possible, you know... I'm saying none. They are the obvious one or two ex exceptions to that rule. But in the end, the people who are implementing this technology or implementing these rules are making it more and more difficult for the people that they employ. And they're just sending them out there and throwing them under the bus. And it's wrong. For me, anyway. That's, again, it's my opinion. But In my opinion, you'll play it across the board or not at all. Like You've seen times where the referee's given a goal kick and it's quite clearly took a nick off a defender and it's gone out for a corner. It's like, well, why doesn't VAR check that then? Why exactly. have they just, just cherry-picked it and gone, oh, it's the penalties and cards and free kicks? Again, so, so... <laughs> that, that's exactly the point, Danny. You know? We're going down a rabbit hole, yeah? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Come back up. It's daft um, and a discussion, move on. Yeah, power two games. So, power two So, I take it you think the ref and VR did a good job, Mick? I'm just not sure you've been clear enough. <laughs> this is the thing, though. But I, I, I'm trying to be as obvious as I can. You know, it's you're going to make that decision, and you've not made you've not you've had plenty of time to make that decision, and we're all stood here waiting, twiddling our thumbs. <laughs> we're all waiting to see whether we can celebrate or not. <laughs> yeah. um, and the comments: Will Robux is currently in Monaco eating a pizza, but can't miss the podcast. I assume like for the Grand Prix. Um, well, this I imagine the pizza in Monaco should be amazing, shouldn't it? Because it's Monaco, everything's got to be amazing. Except this is. Ex except for on races, obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. Brian Vernon says, Wrexham grooms a bit in the playoff. I think it was semi-final, yeah, for, for the National League. Mm. We were the best game we've seen in a long time. 
five four. We missed that as a group because we were doing something together. <laughs> so we managed to miss the best uh, playoff game of the season. So well done, <laughs> us four, making that decision. <laughs> um, yeah, brilliant. Uh, YouTube user, can you see us getting Reg back on loan now? That's the that's that's the knocking effect of the game today, Ben. From us, real from our point of view, we're going to play Huddersfield next season, which is obvious. Obvious. Um, they then throws question marks. Are Huddersfield going to play Reg? Are they going to not loan him out to the fellow Championship club? Are they then going to try and sell him because they might not play him? We just it, it makes it more complicated. They're going to, I think, a loan makes sense, but now it, it muddies the waters a bit. Yeah, uh, it's hard to tell really um, without knowing that Huddersfield squad. Um, if they're not going to play him, then obviously they'll try and get him out. But I think they will play him. I think he's good enough to be played uh, in the championship level. Um, I think they'll want stupid money for him. So I think a permanent is not the smartest idea. But if we can get him back on loan, I think that's going to be a good idea. But depends on Huddersfield and what their plan is, doesn't it? Which is hard to tell because when there's uh, some Huddersfield fans or Huddersfield managers or coaches. Yeah. Indeed. Um, obviously, on the Michael Smith and Michael Hickway, basically the club may well know their decisions by now. Um, we, we, expected he, we, we expected the decision by the end of the week. We're recording Sunday evening. Um, so if they don't know by now, they're leaving it late until uh, the end of the week. Um, no murmurs. There's been nothing because, it's, like Danny's done, mentioned Smithy's been away. <laughs> Uh, anything, anything? Has anybody else anything, or is it just a matter of just let's? I mean, I've that. I've seen <clears throat> a rumor on Facebook that Icky might be signing for Derby. So if he wants to have a step down, that's his decision. What's um, going on? Yeah, exactly. Um, but with with Icky, there was the initial threat of like he's he's gone back to a house in um, on Merseyside. Uh, he's gone back there, so that could be like he's moved out of Rotherham and gone there, but it's actually just another house that he owns, so he's gone back home to there, rather than being in Rotherham so he can be with his family from um, I want to say his family's from like round Birkenhead way, you know around Tranmere, yeah. around that way around the around the Wirral, I think it's called the Wirral um, so that's Icky just doing what every player does he wants to be with his family during the summer sort of thing as I've said, Smith's been on holiday, so that's why we've not really heard anything um, but I'm confident the club know the decisions. They've just not said anything today because it's Sunday and we're recording and we'll probably hear something Monday or Tuesday, you know, when either the, the farewells or the re-signing interview and photos and everything's been done. Um, yeah, so we'll just have to wait and see, I think. But um, I think if they do stay or they do go elsewhere, they go with our best wishes, don't they? Yeah, but disappointed to see them drop by down to League One. Very disappointed. For both, mm. I don't think they will, but it would be just disappointing to see that. Um, let's have a return to Connor Washington because we put together a little bit of thing information like we did for some transfer rumors. Ben, it's maybe the first time you've seen this information. Um, so to run through the stats that we have, it Connor Washington's 30 year old, which is maybe the high end of where we'd expect to sign somebody. Uh, he's signed a two year contract on Friday, he's centre forward. He has, in the last previous season, 11 goals in 35 appearances and three assists. His top football manager stat, as everybody knows, that was what we used last time to give us a good idea of where we're looking. Uh, his top stat is work rate, um, which is, you know, that's exactly what Nathan said it would be. 
his salary uh, his salary at Charlton was rumored to be about four and a half grand. Um, the two that stand out for me there make a comment less than positive are he's thirty, which is not old, but it's older than we have signed in the past, mm. and his wage is surprisingly high comfort from what I thought it might be. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, we can take those wages with a pinch of salt, can't we? Because yeah. we don't know for sure whether whether that's that's the case. Some salary sport, we should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's the age that surprised me. I must admit, um, you know, he is he's, he's well at the high end of um, of the age group of players that that we normally sign. However, however, you know, we've got rid of Joe Matic with experience with the experience. If if Icky. And Smithy don't sign. That's another heap of experience that's gone. You know, Woody, I suspect, won't play every game this season. That's more experience gone. So, so you know, we need to replace that. Um, so that's possibly one of the things that uh, one of the things that they've been thinking. I, I don't know. I don't know. It does seem uh, it does seem a, a bit of an unusual. I don't know whether unusual is the right word. A bit of a left field signing. Really, mm. um, you know, it's not mainly because of his age um, yeah. for me. Uh, but yeah, he's experienced as an international. We're Rotherham United, and we're 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 signing experienced international footballers. We don't do that, in my experience. No, <laughs> no that's true. Yeah, um, yes. Let's move on. John Morrell with a comment on. Referring, this is going to allow us to segue, John. I appreciate this comment. Yeah. Um, John says, I'm amazed that we've signed him, referring to Connor Washington. Freddie would do a better job at this level. Now, talking of Freddie Lazar's chair, if anybody has read the advertiser Ross in the Paul Darius article that was released last week, it referred to a long standing rumor, it confirmed a long standing rumor that Freddie Ladapo refused to acknowledge or shake hands or embrace anybody after the loss, after the relegation, sorry, to Cardiff in the in the previous season. Um, basically, an article, if you haven't read it, read it already, go and read it. I think that's I think that's what you should do, because it is inter- very, very interesting. Basically, Freddie refused to shake anybody's hands, um, and, bas- and basically it got to a point where there was almost a physical altercation between Freddie and, and another player. Um, Mick, this is just a story that I'm not surprised about, but I mean, I'm equally disappointed in it because I, I, it shouldn't happen. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't, and it is disappointing. I can't, I can't disagree with that. It is disappointing, um, but I, I'm really loath, unlike some people, to 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 dig him out. Really, I, I am, and and I'm loath because let me do that. Yeah, well, I'll let, let, I'll let you lot do that. I, I don't know why. I don't know. I just I just think that everything I hear outside of this incident or these, these couple of incidents towards the back end of the season suggests to me that he's, he's a decent bloke. He's a decent bloke. And I suspect I might be wrong. And, I'm, I, and again, I'm just sort of, this is, I mean, none of us know, do we? So it's all speculation. I, I feel he's probably very badly advised. And a little bit, um, I don't want to use the word gullible. Perhaps easy, more easily manipulated than some in terms of, in terms of the advice that he's given. Also, 
You know, he obviously thinks he has a he has a high opinion of his own ability, mm. um, probably above what it actually is. However, probably you know, we, talk, we talked to Alfie. We talked to Alfie about that that thin line between arrogance and confidence. You know, and I think sometimes Freddie slips over that that line into arrogance rather than confidence because his performances don't back up his belief in him in his own ability. But we're everybody's different. We're all different. We all approach things differently. We all deal with disappointment differently. We all deal with um, the way you know what we want out of life differently. So, you know, you can't you can't dig him out just because he doesn't deal with something the way that you or I would deal with it. That's my view. I think I think he's given us some good times. He's given us some bloody good times. Don't under you know what I mean? I mean, well, you you know what I'm referring to. Mm. Um, so he scored some goals. He's done his job some of the time. Had he done his job all of the time? Then it wouldn't be on his eleventh or twelfth football club, but that's just how he is. That is the personality that he is, and that's how he's advised. And and I, I suspect there's probably more, more to that, um, more in the background than we know about in terms of, you know, the the advice that has been given in the past by people outside of football or or just inside of football. I don't know. Yeah, but the. The kicking off at the end of last season was that's not advised. That's uh, that's his reaction. It depends, though, doesn't it? It depends. You don't know, do you? You you don't know. You don't know what he's been told. What he's been told about. Well, if you stay in championship, I'm going to get you this, and I'm going to get you the other. I'm going to get you this wage. I'm going to get you that wage. But that's on him. That's still on him for being able to get. I accept that. It's it's how he deals with it personally uh, and mentally himself. You know. I'm not going to dig him out. I'm not. Because that's not I'm an, ex- gonna, that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. It's, people are different, Ben. It's still not an excuse. If, for me, not shaking hands with your own teammates is just like, it's just disrespectful. I agree. It's, it's immature and it's disrespectful. After you've lost the game. One thing we can say for sure about Freddie is that he's definitely never played the journey on FIFA because this is legit the storyline on the journey. You know, um, Alex Hunter's agent tries to get him a big deal somewhere and it turns out being false. So he has to drop down and play for somebody else and work himself back up. So, you know, never before has a video game um, mirrored real life so perfectly, really. Um, But yeah, like like you say, it's very disrespectful not to shake your own teammates and manager's hand just because you've spat dummy out because you were brought on too late in the game. You know, that's not the ethos you should have as a footballer because it's a team sport. That's why it's called a teamwork and it's a football team, you know. And as we know, there's no I in team and there's no I in football either. So, I mean, I, I, I wish him well wherever he goes, but it's definitely turned into a sour taste with him leaving now that this story has come out from Cardiff and how the situation in January was handled as well. Uh, I hear that Sheffield Wednesday are interested in picking up their interest with him again. So I wish them all the best with that. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a shame. We've got good memories of Freddie. You know, the, the two goals he scored at Hillsborough, the other goals that he scored as well. But I think he might now be remembered as the spitting dummy out player rather than the uh, the Hillsborough hero, I think. That's how I remember him, unfortunately. Rightly or wrongly. Well, pull yourselves um... together and remember him for the good times. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't just sit here in podcasts and not shake his hand just because he didn't do something you wanted him to do. <laughs> that, I think for, that, for, for, there's no comparison whatsoever. Freddie <laughs> the person is a good egg. Freddie the football is a bit of a sour patch, you know. Yeah, I'll go with that. We, well, we assume he's a good person. We've, we've never met him. Yeah, never met him. Yeah, Sean Green had it. Freddie Pester, Paul Warren, good and decent person. Test. Uh, he's a very good goal scorer. And very, yeah, very I think he's. Player. I think he probably is a good and decent person off the pitch, outside outside of football. I hope so. Hope he is. But obviously, we never met him, so he can't yeah. say. Um, yeah, disappointing. Uh, good luck. You know, it, it, Marriage between him and Wednesday seems like a marriage in heaven, doesn't it? Marriage made in heaven. <laughs> um, any other rumours that's popped up? I've seen, again, I've seen very, very little and backwards and forwards about the uh, the Smithy one, uh, Smithy and Nicky's contracts. Uh, seen that we've ruled out Cole Stockton, unsurprisingly. Um, Tom Eves, I done, I'll do a thing for Tom Eves next time. We are looking at Tom Eves. I, I don't think official... Um, Talks have taken place, but he is he is on he is on a list, isn't he, Danny? Yeah, yeah. Um, remember in the in the paper reading that Conor Washington was more advanced in the talks, so I think it's a case of touching base with the player himself. Um, but yeah, Tommy is probably still at an agent level at this moment in time. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see what comes around with that. But what I will say is about Conor Washington's age; he has only just turned thirty. He's not been thirty for a fortnight yet. <laughs> but if you watch the uh, the video we put out on New York Talks Twitter, he's quick. You know, he, he is quick. He, he can definitely run around. Um, I just hope that Tom Eves is uh, is of a similar age. Just hope he's uh, if he does resign, he's a bit better than his other loan spell at Rotherham, and uh, and he puts a shift in. But keeping people in the Championship, fighting with that survival, might encourage him a little bit more. If I, if like to see it that way, uh, but we have held a few contract things. Uh, Jamie Lindsay is likely to sign a new three-year deal. Um, and that's the main reason we didn't extend his previous one, because we've just offered him a fresh one. Mm. Um, so hopefully that keeps Portsmouth and such away from him. We're batting them away with some sort of tennis racket or something. So Lindsay's hopefully going to re-sign. Uh, Barlas is not going anywhere. He has no intention to move away. So that's him secure, at least for this season. Because uh, he wants to do that job in the championship as well. So yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got transfer wise. I've still got a few names on the transfer board that we have talked about before, but now one has got a big tick next to it. So thank Christ. John Morell and Tommy Eves. We'll have a quick chat on Tommy Eves. He was a real handful impressed him last season. So and he scored a hat trick against us, uh, if you remember, in the FA Cup when Hull mm. beat us. Oh, so I'm about that and all. He obviously got a hat trick that game with some decent goals. They were all, I think, I think they're all headers, to be honest with you. But they were, they, they were, were all good. offside and all, weren't they? But apart from that, they were really good. I don't man. think he was offside. <laughs> Not that it matters. No, um, matters, is it? But yeah, he's yeah. developed. I mean, I'm obviously on loan when they were younger. I think under Steve Evans, um, but he's developed into a championship player. Um, if I, I would be excited to get him. I'm not sure how him and Smith would play together. I, I don't know if that would work. Um, or it might do, you know what I mean? You just don't know. Um, yeah. Well, to be fair, you know, I mean, he would be a direct replacement, from my memory, to for, for Michael Smith. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Rather than um, rather than playing with him. Mm. 
Um, absolutely. Let's move on to some slightly other business. First of all, we need to say congratulations to Wes Harding, who got married over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. so congratulations to him. We should yeah, also. Uh, so there are another congratulations to Jimmy Proctor, who has won the playoff with Port Vale on Saturday, uh, having what we four years ago been cruelly denied a place at Wembley in but with Rotherham United just due to injury. Um, he made he came on. And uh, and played and got to, I don't know, I have no ill feelings or kind feelings to Port Vale, but I do like Jamie Proctor and real chuff for him that he's got another another promotion under his belt. Um, like that a lot. I like that a lot. And Danny, you've been doing some uh, work down at the Park Gate. Yes. Yes, I said to Parkgate, I'd try and get him a bit more uh, publicity and outreach on the podcast uh, because I went down and helped out with their pre-season preparations which mainly involved painting a goalpost, which was quite fun, actually, truth be told. Um, but, yeah, you talked about Tommy was in the whole game and him scoring that hat-trick. I decided to go to Parkgate after that game to see what they were all about. Mm. Uh, this is before we played. I, I knew we'd played in pre-season and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's a very decent little place at Roundwood. If you're thinking, if you're a bit ummy and ari about watching Parkgate against Rotherham, please buy, them, please buy a ticket. It all helps out Parkgate at local level. And um, and if you can admire the white new white paint that's on the goalpost, you can say I've done that. So you're welcome. Uh, but if someone hits the crossbar on the post, I will wince. That will be paint. Um, but yeah, they are looking for volunteers uh, next Saturday. Um, they say half past nine start, but they'll be there until about midday, one o'clock, trying to get stuff done. Um, hands off the other goalpost because that's mine though. Um, but yeah, so if you can spare your Saturday morning and try and help them out, they would greatly appreciate it. I was the only volunteer there uh, last Saturday because there was me, the usual people that are there, the tea ladies were there helping. Um, and then the first team manager, assistant manager, kit man, and one of the players was there painting the dugouts. So if you can spare a Saturday morning, get down there and help Parkgate out. Because when you go there and watch Rotherham against Parkgate, you can say, I've done that bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always support non-league. I'm a, a big uh, supporter of non-league where we can. We play everything like this, so we don't get to watch any non-league games, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, good to support the local local teams. I've ticked everything off my list. Is there anything else that we need to cover, talk about? Park Game, with Park Game Friendly has been announced. First official friendly um, is a Friday the 24th of June. We all look at each other sheepishly. Not yes, Friday twenty fourth, must be. Um, Is that the uh, pre-season European trip. Yeah, so that, from my understanding, have, they're, they're going to play on the Friday, and then I actually think they travel at the weekend, and that's why it's the Friday rather than the Saturday. It's uh, Friday the first of July, Matt. Is it? Yeah, that's yes, what I'm playing. There we go. <laughs> I know what I just said. I'm still on over. It's fine. Uh, uh, yeah. First of July, yeah. Thank you, Sean. Is right. First of July. Um, there we go. We'll see some new signs. See the new kit. I, I do like. I'm, I'm disappointed it's not on the Saturday because I think that's better. But I understand it. There's not, you know, just one of those things. Uh, we don't live in a perfect world, do we? Um, final call for anything, Benjamin. Is there anything you want to talk about? No. Okay. If you've, if you've worked out where your mute button is yet? Yeah, I've actually. Can't use it then, yeah. I did use it. I did use it. Obviously, you can't tell <laughs> if, you, if you're listening, but I did use it. Okay, I don't believe you. Uh, Mick, anything else you would like to mention? 
No, no, mate. I'm uh, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm much more relaxed now. I've got that out of my system and uh, happy days. Mm. Yeah. Neil obviously says shame friendlies aren't on iFoil. Yeah, that is a shame. And it's worth worth keeping out for next season. There's a heart. There's there was talks last season of getting rid of the three pm blackout. So that mm. may happen next season. Uh, so there may be uh, we may be able to watch games. You can't know, with away games or whatever. Keep an eye out for that. Danny, anything else uh, that you want to mention? Um, one thing that I've noticed that's well, well, it might affect Rotherham, but we'll have to wait and see. Is that they're uh, introducing legislation for safe standing at all football league grounds now, mm. and um, that'll be across the board and should apply from this season. So they're, they're going to have a bit of a quick turnaround with that. To be fair. Uh, I have heard conversation before that New York Stadium doesn't really facilitate standing due to angles of seating and and a load of technical jargon sort of thing, but there should be a lot more safe standing at football grounds now. Probably not in the Premier League, especially with Liverpool, and uh, maybe not in Forest as well, now that they've gone up. Um, but yeah, it is now allowed. You can put in terrace in as long as you make it safe standing, which I think is going to add to a bit of atmosphere in grounds and uh, will probably cater more towards a younger generation, I, I do admit. But standing at football grounds is back, which for me, as someone who's seen Rotherham in the Championship more than in League One, um, it will be quite nice to be at, like, say, I don't know, your, your St Andrews or or your, um, <clears throat> your Deep Bell. Yeah, well, just use it as an example, you know, like you said, Andrews and your Deep Dale, but actually have terracing to stand on, even though you've got a seat behind you. But it should be nice, we'll see. <laughs> we don't have safe stands, let alone safe standing ones. Well, you know what I'm like, we wish we were thinking, don't you? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, uh, we were. I don't know what we're going to do this week, to be honest with you. The Sedgwick advert episode is ready to go. Um, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be a big news week, one way or another, with the Aikid Smith and, and potentially new signings. So we are undecided whether there will be a live episode on Thursday. If we're not here live, we will be with Chris Sedgwick. The episode with Chris Sedgwick will be out. So one way or another, there will be a Thursday episode, Thursday night, Friday. Jubilee, though, isn't it? So I don't know. We'll see. Why, why does that make a difference? It's Queen's Let's, have a, it? let's so, have a drinking podcast. Yeah. People, people, we should probably talk this after. <laughs> after um, either way, we'll be back Sunday, Sunday night, next Sunday night, Monday morning, um, wherever you choose to listen to us. Um, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're creeping up slow to 600. Um, if you want to be involved in the show, let us know. <laughs> Because uh, we, we you know, like, like, like the fan sections, we're working on two or three other things. We've not got any other former players lined up at the moment, but we will keep working on that, and hopefully we get one or two uh, before the season starts. And we're only what, less than a month away from pre-season training getting underway, so we're, we're getting there, aren't we? Um, please follow us, subscribe, and do the iTunes five-star ratings. Um, I think that's it for now, Benjamin. It's been a pleasure. Yes. You and your hair Thank have you. uh, been an absolute honour to share the screen with. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> Mick, two rants today. Well done. Two? Yeah, you had a rant about the DFL and they uh, are. I have another one. Var and Freddy. <laughs> that one I rant. If you ran at us. Cheryl Stone said, we're nice to hear from Ben Pringle. There is a Ben Pringle episode up, up out. Um, 
if you go on our YouTube channel, it was probably last summer. Uh, so you may have to go back a bit, but there is a Ben Pringle episode, and that is really good. That is really, really cool. Uh, we heard from his time on the way he was frozen out by Andy Scott to the Steve Evans days um, to leaving, to leaving afterwards. That's long that Carrie Anderson, Ben Pringle, and Michael O'Connor all very close to each other last season. Um, yeah. Danny, pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much. Yep, always a pleasure. Until the next one. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you very soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.